Hi guys and welcome back to another Open Heart episode of the Open House podcast. I've got the amazing Dr. Terry Mack with me and today we are discussing all things Justin and Hayley Bieber and are you his mother or his lover? You ready? So ready. Oh my gosh. So much to talk about. Anyone that knows me knows I am weirdly obsessed with this couple. I think there's a global fascination around them if I'm honest and prepping for today's episode was very, very interesting in terms of some of the stuff that we've come across in the family history on both sides of the family to help us understand a little bit more why they might be the way that they are. Love them or hate them, there's definitely some interesting things going on. So in today's episode, we're going to discuss what is the fine line between being passionate and being toxic in a relationship? What is codependency and how do you know when it might be a problem in your relationship? Why does Justin act like one big, massive man-child? And why does Haley act like a submissive spouse that dotes on him continuously? We're also going to be asking Dr. Terry, is this a codependent relationship? Is something else going on? And what advice would we give them if we could? So <laughs> there's a lot to go through and can't wait to do it. My first question for you, Dr. Terry, is before we get into Justin and Haley in depth, Why are so many relationships in today's society sitting in this territory of being passionate and toxic at the same time? Like, what is going on here? Yeah, well, I think, you know, as children, we are not taught, or as adults, we're not taught how to relationship. It's not something we learn in school. We don't have to take a test, you know, before we get into a relationship. And so a lot of people don't understand what a healthy relationship is versus what a toxic relationship is. And who do we learn from? We learn from our caregivers, our parents. And who do they learn from? Their parents, their caregivers. And nobody knows what they're doing, right? We just do the things and use the childhood strategies that keep us feeling safe and helped us survive our families. And they don't really work in adulthood. So we're all doing the best we can, but until we understand the fundamental features of a healthy relationship, we will not create healthy relationships. Mm, Yeah, I love that. You've got to shine the flashlight on it, right? To start to see what's going on and then kind of work towards breaking your own cycles. And I guess that leads us really nicely into the traits of an unhealthy relationship. And I think that in our prep for this episode we came across a lot with Justin and Haley. so I'm going to give you guys listening a rundown we've done a lot of analysis and summarized it into a couple of key pointers so most of this analysis came from watching the seasons documentary which is on YouTube I absolutely loved it if you haven't watched it you can go and watch it it's very easy to get through but there were definitely some moments that were eye-opening for us So the first one is that Justin has been unwell for a very, very long time. He has struggled not only with mental health challenges and substance abuse and addiction, but he's also had a lot of physical health issues as well. He's been diagnosed with Lyme disease, Epstein-Barr, a couple of other things along the way too. So he's gone on this very, very aggressive physical and mental health protocol to try and get him, I guess, back to optimal health. 
a lot of the time in that documentary, we see Haley almost leading the way on this journey. So we see her zipping him up into his hyperbaric oxygen chamber and telling him to take his medication. And, you know, you haven't like taken it yet. And for anyone that's not watching on video, Dr. Terry is, you know, shaking her head at this. So let's just dive right in there what is going on because I guess some people would watch it and be like oh she's so sweet like look she's keeping him on track she's looking after him but from a clinical psychologist and relationship expert point of view let's talk through this shaking the head yes oh my gosh well Haley is the wife right but she's also put herself in the mother role and the nurse role and this is really bad boundaries Because in a healthy relationship, both people are responsible for their own self-care, their own healing, their own growth. And of course, we want to support our partners. But when we take on the responsibility of reminding and leading the way for somebody to do the work that they need to do or, you know, go to their doctor's appointments, take their medication, we are now stepping over from girlfriend, wife, partner into caretaker into mom. Mm. And there are a few problems with that. One, when we are so focused on helping somebody else heal and grow, we lose focus on ourselves. And that's one concern that I have for Haley is that this whole relationship seems to be about Justin, you know, in that documentary, People talk about Haley and how she's so perfect for Justin because she's the responsible adult. And Justin says repeatedly, like, she puts up with all my bad behavior and overlooks it when I make bad decisions. It's almost like this is Haley's role in this relationship to be there for Justin, to not have any boundaries of her own, and to make sure that he's okay and he's doing what he needs to do to heal. Mm, Yeah, I feel like that's so interesting because one of the points of the documentary was where he was recording his new album and they were talking about how long it takes and you just sit in the studio day and night, day and night for weeks and weeks on end. And she just was sat there at four o'clock in the morning. You know, she was like, oh, it's so fun. I just sit in the studio with them until four o'clock in the morning every night. Even the producers were like, oh, Haley's here all the time. She just sits and waits all night long. And I was thinking, why are you not asleep right now? He doesn't need you. And then I think he said something like, oh, I need her there to record when I'm recording. And we actually also saw when he was recording um, his music video, Yummy, he had a total meltdown and he was just saying, I just need my wife. I just need my wife. And then she's there and they're sat in the corner together. And the whole video shoot has just stopped. And they're just sat in the corner. And it was just such a weird moment to watch because it almost felt like, there was actually two children sat in the corner, but like one of the children was trying to care for the other child and no one else was able to say anything. It was like, he just needed her. So that's super interesting what you say about the boundaries, like they're not being any boundaries. No. And that is a problem because Justin saying, I need my wife to be okay. That is codependency. When you rely on one person to calm you down, to when you need them around to be okay, that's not love, that is codependency. And so essentially Justin has not learned how to self-soothe and calm himself down when he needs to, he's dependent on Haley. And Haley has really adopted this role, kind of like Justin's support person. 
right? She's no longer Haley, an independent person. Her role in this relationship is to be there for Justin when he needs it. And the other danger of that is what about what Haley needs? One of my concerns is that Haley is not tuned into Haley and what she needs when she's sitting in the studio until 4 a.m. because Justin wants her there and maybe she probably wants to be there too, but is that really serving her? Is that really what she needs? And that's one of the dangers of these codependent relationships is one person forgets about herself or themselves and they're focused on the needs of the other person. The relationship is focused on making sure one person is okay. And, you know, a lot of people look at that and say, oh, that other person is so kind and loving, but they're really also self-abandoning and a relationship should be mutually reciprocal. So are there times in this relationship where Justin can, can pull it together and be there for Haley and, and kind of put his own needs aside to show up for her? We don't see that a lot. We don't. And there's a couple of things you said there that I think are really interesting. The first one is the self-soothing. I think that one thing that I've learned on my journey is until you're aware of how your nervous system dysregulates when you're feeling you know, upset or distressed, et cetera, et cetera, and understanding that we need to learn to soothe ourselves. And if we can't do that, we'll look to things outside of us to soothe or numb, alcohol, drugs, exercise, whatever that might be that's really really interesting because it's like we can now understand why he had so many substance abuse issues and do you think it would be fair to say that he's almost jumped from one self-soothing like in terms of the drugs and the alcohol to someone else in the form of a person do you think that's maybe what's going on here yes absolutely and that's that's what we all do if we have an addiction or we're looking outside of ourselves. So we take away the alcohol, let's say, and then we turn to food, we take away the food and then we turn to a relationship. And what's really interesting is Stephen has talked about being addicted to drugs and struggling with addiction until he met Haley's mom, Kenya, and then his addiction went away. So Haley and Justin are really repeating this pattern that Haley's parents had. And I, you know, we could look back at generations and we don't know how far this goes back, but essentially it seems like Stephen's wife saved him from addiction. Mm -hmm. And now Haley is, you know, being put in this position to help Justin and be his support person. Oh yeah. I'm loving this. Let's go a bit deeper into this. Cause I think that when we look at Haley's parents, it really shows us a lot of info that maybe we didn't realize because I didn't really know too much about her family. I definitely didn't know anything about her mom. I just thought that it looked perfect and sweet. Actually, when you dig deeper into her family, you actually can learn so much about the fact that her dad and a lot of her uncles have all had substance and drug abuse issues. I think one of her uncles went to rehab nine times. I think her dad said that he abused drugs, like you said, up until he met the mum. But what I also found really interesting was there's nothing out there about the mum. You know, this is quite a high profile family. I just thought maybe I didn't know much about the family because I just am not into, you know, the Baldwin family. But actually, when you look on the internet, it's very clear that the wife, the mum, Kenya, just doesn't have much of a story around her. She keeps herself very, very private. Haley's dad is the star of the show. The mum has almost taken that quiet, supporting role. And so it's so interesting to see how that's actually replicated and duplicated here. It's like Justin is the star of the show, like Haley's dad. 
Justin has loads of substance abuse issues, like Haley's dad. Haley's just come in as the quiet, submissive wife to look after um, her husband, just like her mom and dad did. And I feel like when we understood this, I was like, oh, wow, this makes so much sense. So do you think that this is just a family model? What do you think Haley learned about love from her parents? Yeah. So there, you know, we keep repeating things we see and experience. And so, yes, like you said, she saw that this is what love is modeled by her mom and dad, dad's center of attention. He struggled in many ways, not just with the addictions, but he declared bankruptcy. I think he went to jail for tax evasion. There was even a story, which was interesting that he has an HM tattoo And he got that tattoo. It stands for Hannah Montana, which was Miley Cyrus's show. I guess Miley Cyrus told him that he could guest star on the show if he got that tattoo. So he got the tattoo and then he never got to guest star on the show. So why am I bringing that up? Because this is a man who also in some ways has been, you know, irresponsible, under-functioning, kind of desperate for this attention. And... Mm -hmm. This was Haley's dad. So not only did she see the relationship between her parents, but the man that modeled what love is, right? The the man that is the closest to her and is supposed to love and protect her was in some ways a child himself, not responsible, not reliable, probably very focused on his own career and, and trying to move up. And so that's the model that she has, you know, I'm here and the men in my life are focused on other things and it's my job to help them show up and be responsible and take care of themselves. So she's just repeating this pattern and carrying out this template of love that she's learned. That's fascinating because I think when you watch this documentary, there is an insanely childlike element to Justin Bieber that I wasn't quite aware of before I had watched it. And then really interestingly, when I was last in LA, I met someone that worked very closely with him. And, you know, I was like, oh my God, I love him. I love his music. And I obviously can't say too much, but basically in summary, he said, when I was saying, what's he like? What's he like? He said exactly that. Like he is a traumatized child star. He has just frozen at the age that he became famous, which was very, very young. And in the documentary, it's really interesting because he'll be joking around with something or, you know, being really silly. And it's not funny. As a grown woman here, I'm like, that's not funny. You're a child. But he turns to Haley and he's like, oh, isn't that so funny, Haley? Isn't that so funny? Instead of her being like, no, that's not funny. She's like, ha, 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 like, that's so funny. And this is not funny. He's just being a child. And I just, you could just see that there was this insane patience in her job. And I think, I don't know if you've already mentioned this, but one of his albums, I think, was called Patience. I think that literally that is like what she brings. And so many of his lyrics are like, you forgive me every time I lie. You forgive me every time I do everything wrong. And it's really interesting how you said that she is neglecting herself almost in this situation. Because you're right, when it's four o'clock and she's in the studio... And we can talk about reparenting in a minute, but anyone who is, you know, actively reparenting themselves, and this is something that I, the journey that I'm on personally as well to reparent myself, is you would know that I need to go to bed at 10, 11, 12, even 1 p.m. You know, 4 a.m. is way past bedtime for anyone. And probably, you know, 
just not looking after herself. So it's really interesting. And I think the thing that I want to ask you now is that she said about him that she feels at home wherever he is. And I was just wondering from your perspective, what is that screaming at us? Right. I mean, that statement on its own, you know, very sweet. If there weren't the, all, the, all the other things, I wouldn't be as concerned. But the truth is that we each need to be our own home base. And when we make somebody else our home base, our safe place, that essentially means that we need that person either to be present or to be happy with us or to be okay for us to feel okay. And that is really a core tenet of codependency that I'm not okay if you're not okay. And that's really concerning. And I wanted to say something too about what you were saying about Haley being so patient and laughing at the jokes that aren't funny and forgiving him every time he acts like a child or, you know, makes a mistake. Uh, some people would call that patience, but what that really is, is enabling. So when we go along with somebody's bad behavior, when we don't tell them the truth about how we feel, if we don't like something, if we are losing respect for them because of things that they're doing, if we don't let them experience natural consequences for not going to therapy, taking their medication, we are enabling. And that keeps people from having to do their own work. So essentially, Haley, like anybody in this caretaker mom role, this codependency dynamic is enabling Justin to stay in this child role, right? It works for him. He doesn't have to be responsible. Haley has to be the responsible one. And I think one thing that I want to say that a lot of people probably aren't thinking about is we think about how close this couple is, you know, people say couple goals, Justin and Haley, and they love each other so much. And there's so much passion. It's not going to last because the woman cannot be in the mother caretaker role for very long before the passion is just going to get squashed. And wow. Yeah. I was going to ask you, is this going to last? And you just said no. And that is interesting because if we look back at Selena Gomez, who came before Haley, you know, they were together for many, many years on and off and on and off. And I've read quite a lot into her interviews of late and a couple of them. She basically said that looking back on her relationship with Justin, you know, they were very young, they were very in love, but she said she now calls it an abusive relationship. She was put through so much by him and if anything potentially he's got worse I think as he's got older in terms of his drug addiction potentially the health challenges etc etc so I wonder if and this is total speculation you know it may even be more intense now for Haley than it was for Selena so we can see that the passion wore off there over time and that yes she maybe still loved him or felt trauma bonded to him or whatever in, in some way but that she just couldn't keep doing that for him so is that what you think will happen here that over time the passion runs out and then how does it work is it that you're not getting enough positives from the relationship or the passion's not allowing you to stay and you just see the reality of what it is or what kind of happens over time well so two things one resentment's going to build up on either or both parts, because eventually the, the person in the child role gets resentful when the parent keeps telling him what he needs to do. 
right? It feels like love and caring in the beginning, but when he wants to act out, the resentment builds up and it will build up on her part as well, because eventually she's going, well, let me just say this. The relationship will last as long as Haley is okay sublimating her own needs, but there probably will come a time when she starts to feel burnt out, drained, and starts to recognize that her needs are not being met. And then I don't know how this relationship would respond to that. If Haley started setting boundaries and saying, I'm going to go to bed at 10 o'clock, I can't be there in the studio with you. How would Justin respond to that? I don't know. I don't know if he would say, of course, whatever you need, you know, it would definitely be a change in the dynamic. Typically when the caretaker or the mom starts to get healthier and starts to have better boundaries where she's focused on herself and her own alignment and her own mental health, a relationship crumbles, a codependent relationship crumbles because that other person is not used to their partner taking care of themselves. It's always been about them. The relationship has revolved around the under-functioning or the addicted one's needs. Yeah, so basically when it flips, it's like, can Justin be there for Haley? Is he able to do that for her? And I think another interesting comparison, what's coming to me here is the dynamic of Kim and Kanye. So I think we saw Kim support Kanye, support Kanye, for years and years and years and fly around the world after him and let him go off to Wyoming and buy this ranch and do what he needed and be the visionary or narcissist, whatever it is that we want to call him, that he was. And then we saw over time, Kim got stronger. I guess so did Courtney against Scott's repeated cycles. And then one day Courtney stood up and was like, no, I don't want anything to do with you. And Kim did the same thing. And I remember they had this huge blowout where Kanye got really, really jealous or upset that Kim wouldn't get him a band-aid. And it was all recorded and he had a full-blown meltdown. And Kim was like, basically saying this, she was like, I'm dating a child. This is ridiculous. I don't want anything to do with this. And I think from that point onwards, Kim kind of got stronger, similar to Courtney, you gain, you gain strength. Now, where do you think that strength comes from is it you do the work and you get the strength or is that you get the strength because you just realize I am worth better than this I am not going to settle for this this is not what I want my life to be or is it different for everyone typically what happens first is somebody starts to recognize they're not feeling good they're either burnt out they're irritated they're depressed they're anxious something is not feeling right and Eventually what happens is that person starts to understand that their needs are not being met, that they've been abandoning themselves. Mm -hmm. So you're right with Kim and Courtney, they started to get healthier. They started to set boundaries that honored themselves over their partner or the relationship, which is so healthy and important. It's not only okay to set boundaries, it's essential if you want your relationship to survive. So usually you notice that you don't feel good and then you start to, you know, move toward health. You start to tune into how do I feel? What do I need? What are my preferences? What do I want to do in this situation? You stop saying yes automatically and you start considering first, do I have resources to put toward this? Is this something I want to do? Do I want to get up and get the Band-Aid? 
Or should I let my partner do that for himself? And when you start to set the boundaries, you will find out a lot about your partner and the relationship, right? And in both of those cases, Kanye and Scott, neither of those men were healthy enough to be supportive partners to their women (laughs) when the women needed more. A healthy relationship will support the health of both people. Yeah. I love that. Fascinating. Definitely hitting some own personal nerves here because I've always classified myself as a really strong, independent woman. But actually, when I look into my past and previous relationships, there's definitely been a couple of things that really, really are not passionate, but are actually very, very toxic. So I wanted to just bring up a couple of things here. The first thing is when you spoke about having the home base in someone else and how dangerous that is. That was something that I definitely experienced in my last relationship, which I know we've spoken about. I met him when I was at a very low period in my life. He came in, he supported me, he gave me everything I needed in terms of emotional, physical, mental, spiritual support. And I guess we entered into some kind of codependent relationship. I think I told you before that like once or twice he would put food on a fork to feed me and my mom was like, what on earth is going on here? Mm -hmm. And there were definitely very codependent traits there. And for me, then when he left, he was my home base. I had dealt with such awful mental health whilst we were together. I had suffered from this chronic pain disorder when we were together. He was my salvation he was my redemption. He loved me through it, supported me through it, made me feel like everything was going to be okay. So I was almost the Justin and he was the Haley. And then he left, my home base left. So it was like, what am I left with? I, I literally have lost my caregiver and my caretaker. And I think that that for me has been a big learning in terms of how and why it hurt so badly. It really took me a long time to work out why the breakup really, really broke me in the way that it did. And so you talking about that really resonated with me. So I just wanted to share that for anyone who's out there, you know, it doesn't make you a weak woman or man for being in this situation. I think we can all find ourselves in these situations. And like Dr. Terry's explained, it's just comes from what we've learned and what we've learned to accept, but all these cycles can be broken. So my question for you is, if someone feels like they are in a relationship that is passionate on the outside, but actually toxic, potentially codependent, there's an element of caregiving relationship, and they know that they need to bring back their power to themselves. How do you go about doing that, either with a therapist, or particularly if you don't have access to a therapist, what kind of things can you do to start that journey on your own? Yeah, it's a great question. I think you mentioned reparenting, right? Like learning how to parent ourselves, which essentially means giving ourselves those things that we didn't get as children and probably those things that we so freely pour into other people. So what you can start to do is first turn your attention to yourself and simply ask yourself, how do I feel? You can ask yourself in in every moment, you know, like if somebody asks you a request or asks for a favor, consider if you want to do it instead of just saying yes, and without checking in with yourself. So 
start to get familiar with what's going on inside of you, start to get familiar with yourself. How do I feel? What do I need? And then learn to give those things to yourself. Do not wait for somebody else to give them to you. And it sounds really cheesy, but when we look to other people for love and validation that we're okay, that we're enough, we are powerless. So we have to start to feed ourselves the words that we're looking for from other people, right? So we start to tell ourselves, we can put sticky notes up everywhere that says you are enough. You are worthy of love. You are amazing. You're beautiful. You have so much to offer. Um, you probably won't believe those things at first. And that's okay because our brain doesn't recognize what we believe and what we don't believe. It, it just recognizes what we're feeding ourselves and what's coming in. So tune into yourself, make sure that you're only feeding yourself loving, positive, compassionate words. If you have negative self-talk or tend to be self-critical, I really want you to start catching that and then do things that make you feel good. And maybe you don't even know what those things are yet. So, you know, think about it. What kind of things light me up? What do I like to do and do more of those? And the most important thing, if you're in a relationship is to start to set boundaries. So if you've been the caretaker or the mom, I would let your partner know, I'm realizing this role is not good for me and for either of us really. And I'm trying to get healthier. And part of that means that I need to say no. Sometimes I need to take better care of myself and if it's a healthy relationship, your partner will support that because they want what's best for you, not just what's best for them. Yes. I love that. I love that. I love that. I think for me, I didn't even realize how much I needed to reparent myself. I would focus on my work all the time. I would focus on the people all around me. And then as I was going through therapy, I realized that even the basics, like sometimes I didn't even feed myself. Sometimes I wouldn't go to sleep at the right time. I wasn't feeling myself. I was just working all the time. So for me, it was about bringing it back to basics. You know, now the second I get out of bed, I get in the shower. The second that I've done that, I take the dog out because I have to. But then the old me would have just jumped to my computer. You know, we're all very busy. We all have so much to do. Whereas now I realize I have to actively and consciously feed myself. Because if I do not feed myself right now, I will sit down and it will be lunchtime before I realize it and I won't have eaten anything. Mm. And I think that for me, that as well as like having a fixed wake time and a fixed bedtime, you know, they're hard to implement. It, it's I have to try. Sometimes it slips. It's not easy. But like you said, initially at first, you don't believe these things or they're hard to implement. But over time, you start to be like, this is really important for me. And last night I was talking to some guy and it was past my bedtime. And I just said to him, I'm really enjoying this conversation, but you've kept me up way past my bedtime. So now it's bed. And in that moment, I realized, wow, old Louise would have stayed up for hours and hours and hours because there was that hit of validation and excitement and dopamine and whatever. And last night I realized I've just reparented myself in that moment. So I love, I love that about the self-talk inwards as well as, well as the outbound actions and doing things that you enjoy and that you love as well not just doing them with someone else because I feel a lot of people lose themselves in their relationships right yeah absolutely it's especially for those of us who have learned this model of caretaking right and I just want to say um, that there's a word for that too it's we've learned that love is transactional 
if we give, if we take care of, if we meet people's needs, then we get love in return. And that's likely the model that Haley unconsciously picked up watching her mom and dad and, and having a dad like Steven, not saying he's a bad dad, but you know, he's limited like all of our parents are. And so love should not be transactional. It should be giving and receiving in a natural flow between the two. And in the relationship with Justin, it seems to be a lot of giving (laughs) and her value is really about what she does for Justin and how patient she is for him and how much she forgives him all the time. And that's not really love. That's not who she is, but it seems to be primarily what Justin talks about and focuses on. Mm. Yeah. And I think that is the perfect place to wrap up this episode. I think We've said it all. I loved how we went into her her family structure and how it just makes so much sense why she's like this. I loved your input on whether this is going to work or not, as well as the actionable and practical tips in terms of how to come back to yourself and I guess make yourself your home base. I think that's something that a lot of us are missing. We're still looking outside of ourselves for self-soothing, for validation and stuff like that. And actually understanding that not only can it come from within us, but actually it has to come from within us for us to be healthy and conscious people that can end up in healthy and conscious partners and healthy and conscious partnerships. I think it all makes total sense. So thank you as ever. Love this. If only we could uh, get them to listen to it, then Hayley might be able to take some Maybe we can spoon feed it to people. I'll send it to her by DM. We'll see if she opens it. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on. And for anyone listening, uh, Dr. Terry and I have done some awesome previous episodes. We have discussed all things Jason and Chriselle and the psychology of settling in a relationship. We've looked at Cardi B and Offset and the psychology of cheating. Chloe Kardashian and Tristan Thompson. Why do we accept bad behavior in our relationships? So all of those are available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you enjoyed this episode, please do go and check them out. As ever, thank you so much from both of us. We are working on lots of workshops and courses that will be coming to you soon. And until then, thank you so much. 